What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Story Worth Sharing podcast. I'm here with my distinguished co-host. Oh Amy. my gosh, yeah. that was good. Yeah, I'm working on it, working on up in that wow. vocabulary. Yeah. And uh, so we're here with Emmy Rodriguez. My name is Chris Shepard, and welcome. We're so excited you chose to join us here on the Story Worth Sharing podcast. Emmy, how are you doing today? I'm excited. I'm just glad to be talking to my family. That's what I feel like I get to do, just sit here and talk to some of my best friends, even if I don't see the people listening. But I love it, so I'm excited. We need to come up with a name for our our family. Our family. Yeah. yeah so if right. you have a suggestion, if you're listening to this and you have a suggestion on what you would like us to call you, you know, our our, our gang, the family, the people that listen to this podcast. We would love to hear your suggestions yeah. so we know how to address you. But we're glad that you're listening because, you know, it, it would be weird, Emmy, if we were just talking to no one. Yeah. I thought about that the other day. I was like, man, what if we did all this and really it's just me and you <laughs> listening to ourselves? You know, it might like, be. Like we just need to air out our own thoughts and this yeah. is how we're doing it. And, and to be fair, it might it might be. Hey, that's okay. I, it works for me. Yeah. I like I can't <laughs> see the people on the other side. And we've yeah. had some people reach out to us on social media. Yeah. And hype some of the episodes and, and let us know they're listening. So I think you're out there. I do think you're out there. If you are, let us know. Be bold. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and like shoot us a DM. I want to know that you're actually listening so that we keep doing this. So and good. yeah, but the conversations have been amazing. Yeah, honestly, I just, I'm a learner. I love to hear from people and I just feel like I come away like wiser from talking to other people. Yeah. So honestly, it's meant a lot. Just getting to, and that's one of the best things about this podcast is as we get together and we join in and have these conversations with people, like we we really put this podcast together to help people share their story because you and I are such learners and we love engaging with and hearing other people's stories and we believe that every story has value, even when maybe looking on the surface it's like, well, that person hasn't arrived yet or they didn't have some huge monumental event happen in their life. But everybody still has yeah. a story worth sharing. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, yeah, I just love it, and I think it's this has just been fun to make, kind of give people a little bit of a challenge. I think a lot of people we ask to do this, or even that want to, like it's a step for them. So that's been really cool too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are still technically in quarantine yeah. as we're recording this episode. This is going to be episode nine. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Nine, episode okay. nine. And we're excited for today's guest. And, and if you're wondering, yes, we are social distancing. So we're in the same room, mm-hmm. but we're more spread out than yeah. normal. There's an extra table between us. And <laughs> it is nice to be in the same room as, as someone I'm not related to. Uh, so that's good. Yeah, but, I agree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we're excited to bring on today's guest. She is not, unfortunately, in the same room with us. In fact, she's not even in the same state with us. But we have mm. had the opportunity to know her for years and be around her a lot. And so I want to welcome into today's podcast the guest. It is Meredith Fleming, also known as Duff. Are you still known as Duff? I am. I am yes. very much known as Duff. Uh, also, Nugget Nug, I respond to as well. <laughs> yes, oh Nugget Nug. You worked at Bahama Bucks, right, when you were here, and that was... Oh, I was hoping you would shout out Bahama Bucks. I, I remember yes. one time, that reminds me, one time... We were hanging out at your house, and you brought home all the umbrellas for us to, <laughs> to pop open yes. for you in trash yes. bags. Yes, that's amazing. Yes, my, um, the owners would be so happy to hear that because uh, at the end of the day, we would be completely out of umbrellas because we went through so many yeah. snow cones in a day. And they, we would literally have to stay hours after we closed just to pop the umbrellas oh, for the next goodness. day. I brought them back and we had a, a long night of popping umbrellas <laughs> and they, they did amazing. And I walk in the next day to work with trash bags. Full. It was so good. Wow. And my team was so happy. So I've heard. Yes, of, I love Bahama Bucks. Like, I know Kesha has put out a song about like popping bottles. I don't I hadn't heard about popping umbrellas. Maybe maybe you it's should write a song. Well, pop umbrellas. Pop umbrellas. Make it short. Yeah, very good. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, if uh, oh. if Bahama Bucks is listening, we definitely are accepting corporate sponsorships, free snow cones. We'll keep shouting you out, absolutely. But Duff, Meredith, Nugget Nug, whatever you want to be called, we are excited <laughs> you are on the podcast today. And and my guess is a lot of people listening to this podcast have never had the pleasure to meet you. And so we're going to go into sharing your story in just a few minutes, but will you go ahead and just give us that quick snapshot, Instagram worthy, this is who I am, this is what I do. All right. Well, first I'm going to start out that I am the loudest and proudest member of the Fighting Texas Aggie class of 2015. Let's go. Whoop. Whoop. 
that's the most important thing about me, <laughs> besides that I love Jesus. Um, <laughs> Priorities. I, cur- <laughs> I currently live in North Carolina. I am a social worker and grief counselor with a hospice agency in the area. And I am just trying to figure out this whole adulting thing. I'm a few years into it and enjoying it. And that's where I am today. Wow. that Man, that uh, title, you said I am a social worker and grief counselor. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. When I hear you say that, you don't stumble into that line of work. You, mm-hmm. you, you make an intentional decision to pursue that. And so let's just jump right in. What were some of the moments that led to that? Like as you look back on on your story, your life, and the things that have shaped who you are and and really who you're becoming, right? Because that's ultimately what our story is about. It's that it's continuing to be written. And each of these moments and people that we encounter throughout the process are continuing to write our story. And you don't stumble into this idea of being a social worker and grief counselor, so what are some of the moments, not just that shaped that part of your life, but as you look back on your life, what are some key moments, some of those like pivotal circumstances that have helped you get to where you are today? Yeah, you definitely don't just kind of stumble into that type of work. And a lot of friends that I've made in social work are also kind of in a similar position that they had something, some event happen in their life or some cause that they are passionate about. And I found that and it all pretty much began kind of just jump right into one of the biggest parts of my story, Chris and Emmy, is my dad died when I was a senior in high school. It was very unexpected, something that just kind of completely rocked me and my family, something that I never, ever would have expected was never even on my radar that that could possibly happen. And I'm sure we'll probably talk a little bit more about it, but I took part in grief counseling at my school. There was a program that came in, offered it to me. And so I did that for a few months. Um, I was set to graduate in May uh, and that happened in February. So I got a few months of that type of counseling and support. And the counselor who is, uh, her name's Leanne, She's actually who I work with and for today. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy story that only God could have orchestrated. I was at A&M and kind of undecided on my major. I think it was called general studies. <laughs> and it, I got that kind of notice uh, my sophomore year that I was like, okay, yeah, you need to pick something. You can't be general studies forever. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh. So I ended up choosing psychology. And I had just happened to be home for the summer in North Carolina and found the business card of Leanne uh, from that grief counseling program I participated in. From senior year of high school? Yes. Okay. And so I reached out to her and I was like, hey, I think this may be something I'm interested in doing. Can you tell me what I need to do? And at first I was like, you may not remember me because uh, right. I knew she, yeah. she saw thousands of, right. of kids um, throughout her career, but she absolutely remembered me wow. and she That's was incredible. so excited to hear from me. And she's like, you need to go to grad school, get your master's in social work, and then call me after that and we'll see if we can get you a job. Now, when was this in your college career that you are having this conversation with Leanne? So I guess that was maybe a before, right before my junior year. Okay. okay. So it was during the summer. So you're, you're only halfway through college. You have been a, a Jack of all trades major, <laughs> right? A general studies major. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 you can't graduate Jack of all trades. You have to, you have to actually pursue a specific degree path. And so you switch over to psychology, you, you stumble across this business card from Leanne, and now you're sitting here only halfway through your undergrad and you're being told, Hey, you need to pursue grad school and and do all of these other things. At any point in that process, did it make you start second guessing? Like, man, that's a lot of school. And and I now kind of feel locked into what the next several years are going to look like. Or was that exciting that it opened up the door and it's like, I know what I want to do. Both, for sure. I knew nothing about grad school and also really didn't know a whole lot about social work and didn't know everything that it had to offer me and all the different avenues I could go with a degree like that. Yeah. 
definitely excited to finally narrow in and feel like I was pursuing something that meant something to me Mm. and that I could see myself doing and something I knew that I could work at and improve, you know, my professional skills, my clinical skills to be able to be successful in that. So I would definitely say a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Obviously the, the passing of your dad, completely unexpected, started you on a path of discovering maybe what you wanted to do for the rest of your life and, and really pointed you in the direction of even your current field. And obviously that was a terrible, terrible situation for you to have to walk through your senior year of high school, getting ready to graduate, making a transition into college. Uh, what, what other moments do you look back on and you're like, man, this had played such a, a pivotal role in getting me where I am today? Definitely joining uh, Brazos Fellowship mm. and joining 242. I, for a long time, had, I I grew up going to church. Um, I knew, you know, who God was. I knew he loved me. I knew he was good. But I don't think I necessarily had that personal relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And that is where, at, at that church is where I learned, you know, how to build my own faith and have a foundation that would last me for the rest of my life. I remember it being such a difficult time to be experiencing grief and still trying to find who I was as a person. I was so ready to get out of North Carolina and get away from kind of the pain and the hurt and just kind of went running to A&M and College Station Mm. um, just for like a fresh start. Yeah, And it took me a while to find a church. I think it was my, my freshman year. You know, I had tried out a few, nothing really stuck. Didn't really feel like I had a place there. And uh, Christy Brake, also known as Pretty, <laughs> as well as uh, what my family calls her Aunt Mary. That's a, a long story, but <laughs> she was a part of 242 or what was in tune. And she is also a friend of my older sister. And she had invited me to come several times in which I turned her down many times because <laughs> I was scared, yeah, uh, nervous. And, um, and finally I said yes. And I went and we were at Chris's old house. That's OG right there. That's throwing it back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's so cool to look back and see that's where it began. I know there was even more before that, but yeah, I, I remember just coming to that small group and just feeling a sense of relief to be there, uh, relief to have people. Mm. I remember that was a place where I had one of the first times I shared about losing my dad Mm. and just feeling ultimate like comfort and peace from the people around me. Uh, everyone who was there is embracing me. Um, so I would definitely, I definitely attribute so much of the faith that I have today to, that church and the people who were in that church that encouraged me and just took me in at a time where I really, really needed community. Wow. That's beautiful. I I love that. Just even listening to you talk, you say that your freshman year, you're trying out different churches. You knew that you wanted to find a faith community. You knew that you needed people in your life. And yet when presented with the opportunity and Christy engages with you. It's someone that you know because your sister is good friends with her and, and, and you know that she has your best interest in mind. You still were hesitant and even scared when an opportunity was presented. I just think that that's a cool dichotomy that's existing because it's like, I know I need this, but I'm scared to pursue it at yeah. the same time. And yet when you did step into that, God did something really transformational in your life through you saying yes in that moment. I also just think there's so many disappointments when you're looking for it and time and time again, you're like, this isn't it, this isn't it. And then finally you find it. And it's just like this sense of, I say this all the time, but freedom, when you can just tell people, like you said, you finally opened up about your dad. It's like, you just know. Yeah. And Chris, you were just talking about how that weird dichotomy of wanting it, but then kind of turning away from Mm -hmm. it. And it's funny because I have still felt that. So after I graduated from A&M, went to grad school found a church in grad school. And then once I graduated from grad school, came and found a new church in my hometown I live in now. But each time I was terrified yeah. to to find a new place and, and to put myself out there, even knowing people 
or not knowing people and just it's so it's so hard to grasp you know why we have those feelings and yeah I don't know I just I it makes sense you know when you kind of put it that way but I feel like a lot of people probably experience that and I would have thought that because I know that it's good for me because I know that I enjoy that fellowship and community and I know that I need it that it would be easy just to right. to keep doing it right at and each stage of life yeah and that it, it blows my mind I have been doing college ministry now for a little over eight years and it is amazing to me how many students you know if I were to look back over the last eight years and think okay this student is just going to thrive there are so many students you would have been on that list Jenna who was one of our former guests she would have been on that list and you were so ingrained in community here you were such a a integral part of what God was doing in this ministry you knew how transformational and life-changing that it was. And then as soon as you step out of that environment and into a new environment, it is almost paralyzing how difficult it is to step back into that. And sure, there's the comparison aspect, and we're worried that it won't be the same, et cetera. But it, it amazes me. And to be fair, like I have been here at Brazos Fellowship since 2008, and so I haven't had to do this in a long time, right? <laughs> yeah. That's that's a long time, yeah. Emmy. And so I... It's easy for me to sit here and say that because I haven't walked into that yeah. environment in a long time. But it's amazing to me how when and I think that if you're listening, I want to encourage you with this. I'm sorry I'm getting sidetracked from Meredith's story, but I think this is really important. Yeah. There are so many times where we know something is important. We know something is like paramount to our success, to our health, to our well being. And yet we still are so afraid to step into it. Mm-hmm. And I think the message from what you're sharing, Meredith, is do it anyway. Like step in and lean into that discomfort and that dichotomy because at the end of the day, it is worth it. Absolutely. And I think too, I don't know if there's one single thing that can help you, you know, make that leap. But what comes to mind is just those people you have in your life, like holding you accountable, you know, friends, whether it's from the previous small group or church that you were in, just having them kind of, you know, on you about, Hey, have you joined this church yet? Have you tried out that small group yet? And if you don't have those people, I I was just wondering what you guys think, like what, how can we help people, you know, find that, that courage to step out? Or is it, you know, just something kind of internal that you and the Lord work on? I don't know. Sorry. I asked a question for you. We ask we ask the questions. You give the answers. Duff, this is our job. Do you want to run our podcast now? <laughs> Take it over already. No, no, no. I just love the encouragement you guys offer and I think that's that's something I wanted uh-huh. I you just, know, to be a part of. To be honest, if this is something I've thought about, like if the day comes where I'm not called to be here anymore, I'm supposed to move on. Like that's something I think about is there's a little bit of hesitancy and fear about that step and honestly what has recently been a thought is just because of our call we had with our group of girls stuff um, a couple of weeks ago was just my thought was that and you just spoke on it that's something I would have wanted hopefully we should have done a lot sooner <laughs> we shouldn't have waited five years <laughs> to call each other um, as a group but that if that's something like if I were to leave here with the group of people like that, like you said, I would want those people that have been so important in my life in that time to still be speaking into that and still be challenging and encouraging me, even if it meant I was called to be somewhere else and Mm -hmm. being willing to hear that even when it's hard and being willing to be pushed like Chris did that for Jenna and things like that. I think that's so important just because you might be moving on that you're not dropping everything. I think that's what people assume is they kind of are leaving and dropping everything behind. Like I have to start completely over you don't have to drop those people. You know, it doesn't have to end there. Like that's God still put them in your life for a reason to still be that for you. And so I, I just think for me and for anyone else, like that's something I would be intentional about is keeping those connections and like not, yeah, not waiting for that. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's two things that come to mind and and one of them is going to sound like, of course you would say that Chris, you're you're a college pastor, (laughs) but I think that just jumping off of what Amy just said, the first thing is, Having people in your life who are speaking into you is not does not mean that they're always cheerleaders. Yeah. And and if you only have cheerleaders in your life, you need more people in mm-hmm. your life. 
You need people that are pushing you, that are speaking truth, that are going to call you out when you're being dumb. And you need those people in your life. And if you don't have them, go find some yeah. more friends. It doesn't mean the people that are in your life are bad. It just means you need more people. You don't have all of the necessary people in your circle and people that are going to be pushing you. And so when you step into those moments and you're scared or you're un, unsure or there's hesitation, they're the ones that can say, hey, you see what we have? Go add more people. Go find more community. It's not leaving one community and going and finding a different community. It's adding people to your circle. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing that's going to sound super cliche, as soon as you start talking, Meredith, I started thinking about that Elevation song, Do It Again. And it's mm -hmm. the idea, and we see this all throughout Scripture, all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, where in, in the Old Testament, the Israelites are encouraged to build a monument, right? Like build this place that when you walk by it, you can see God moved in this space. And I think that we have to do that in our heart as well and, and build these monuments for these moments where God moved. And it's not that we memorialize them and we live off of the memory. It's just that it is a reminder. God has done this before in my life and he will do it again. God brought people yeah. into my path that I needed when I was walking through this circumstance and he's going to do it mm -hmm. again. God brought this community to me to strengthen me or to challenge me and to lift me up when I needed it the most. And he's going to do it again. God kept me safe when I walked into a new environment and I was unsure of what it was going to look like. And he's going to do it again. And when we can live and walk in that kind of faith and this reminder of what God has done time and time and time again, I think that it helps give us some confidence to walk into this new season or this new environment where it's it's completely normal to be overwhelmed and to be unsure and to be scared of what's to come because there's so much vulnerability that comes in those moments of opening up to a new community, but we've seen God do it before and we can be confident that he's going to do it again. Yeah. Okay. I'll quit preaching now. <laughs> so good. That's what you're taking notes. No, I love that. Yeah. I know, right? I'm writing it down. Um, it reminded me though, and I, I think it was Pastor Will that said this. If not, I'll give credit to someone else. He said, our faith is strengthened yes. when we remember. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it was Chris that said that. I don't know. Well, I said it because um, Will said it. And somebody, he said it because someone else said it. Isn't that what always happens? Yeah. But yes, Will says that all the time, that our faith is yeah. strengthened when we remember. Absolutely. Oh, yes. I got it right. Awesome. Yep. Two points we for that. We have to tell him we shouted him out in this Yes, podcast. absolutely. We need to get him on the podcast. But yes, definitely. Okay. I Before we move on, and, and I want to move on and talk about some people and, and lessons you've learned, which you've already touched on a lot of those things. But before we move on, you you, the very first thing that came out of your mouth was that you are the loudest and proudest member of the High Tech Ag <laughs> class of 2015. Whoop, whoop. How in the world did you get from North Carolina to College Station, Texas? <laughs> Good question. A lot of people ask me that. Well, first of all, my family, we spent a lot of time moving around growing up. My dad just changed jobs every few years and, you know, we went where he went. So I was born in Virginia. Then we moved to Texas. My, my dad's side of the family's from Tyler and my mom from San Antonio. So it's not completely random. And we lived in the Dallas area for a, the time being. And from there went to Connecticut. Uh, mm. Very wow. strange. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> ooh, it was different. <laughs> Those Northern people. Um, <laughs> They're a different breed, and I'm sure they say the same about Yes, us. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. But from Connecticut, went to went back to Texas and then to North Carolina. Okay. So all that to say, uh, one of my best friends, Megan Strait, or Liz and B now, uh, played soccer for A&M. Yeah. She's super cool. And we were best friends in fifth grade, and we decided after I had moved away and came back in later on in life that we were going to go to A&M together. I kind of just, yeah, she kind of put the idea in my mind, I guess. I actually grew up wearing a lot of T-SIP apparel, <laughs> which mm. I try not to advertise. Um, so <laughs> I, I, made a, I made a conversion to the light side all as well yes. now. You um, found Jesus. I <laughs> Jesus and the Aggies. Just um, kidding my... <laughs> to all you Longhorn listeners out there. We love uh -oh. you. Yikes. We love you. I mean, you need uh -oh. Jesus, but we love you. Yeah. So my sister went to A&M, my aunt and uncle. So it's definitely in, in the family, in the bloodline. Okay. So there was a lot, there was a lot of connection and a lot yeah. of exposure. And then of course, 
those fifth grade packs, like those that, you know, that's, those are life changing. When you make oh, those man. decisions in fifth grade, it's like, Hey, this is, this is what we're doing. If we're not married by the time we're 30, <laughs> then we're getting married, you know, all those things. Um, so yeah, so you, you had it, it was, it was definitely it was happening. serious. Yeah, it was serious. Okay. Very good. Awesome. Now we're going to talk about some other things. Um, but like what kind of people, <laughs> so we talked about Critty. Great girl. Love her. She did a lot for me yeah. too. But who would you say are some other people that walked with you in those different moments that we talked about earlier um, or people just made an impact on your story and kind of helped you be where you are today? Yeah, definitely. Since I had mentioned Megan, she is someone who has kind of walked through everything with me um, from a very early age. She is just a solid person all around, the type of person who has been honest with me, um, held me accountable and has just such a confidence in her faith that it helps me, um, and mine. And I think the coolest thing about her is she has never seemed to be consumed or controlled by like earthly opinions or trends or people. She's just always found herself in the Lord. And something that has really inspired me and my faith, someone that I can't imagine um, not having in my life, um, just to walk with me through all of life's ups and downs. Man, that's powerful. Everybody needs a friend like that. For sure. Another person, you guys have said her name a few times, Jenna, uh, one of my very best friends. She taught me so much about the concept of Jesus being your savior, and your best friend. She is someone who I know, like Jesus is her homie. Like he's her everything. Mm -hmm. She is someone who taught me a lot about forgiveness and seeing the best in people. Just a pure and faithful spirit is what I think of when I think of her. She walked with me through college, grad school, and adulting. It's just been really cool because what I thought when I came to A&M um, is that I kind of had my people, I had my family, had right. my best friends, you know, from the past. And I kind of thought I was good. I was good to go. And God just kind of really blessed me with the idea that I could have, you know, deep friendships that were going to last a lifetime of the people that I met in college. Right. Um, so that was one of the amazing things that came out of that friendship as well. Obviously my dad was a huge part of my life and I would I wish, you know, that I could talk to him now about where my faith is and who I am um, because he was such a big part of it. He was the, you know, spiritual leader of my family. He he set an example for us in every way that he lived out his life. He was someone who thought very logically and biblically and practically. Like he, he knew what he was talking about. He knew what the Lord's plan was for him and his life. And he lived it out. And he always had a way for my sisters and I and my mom to, to know how to apply God's word to our life. And he was just, he was the coolest guy. Uh, he, I, (laughs) I always remember he would wake up. He was up at like 5 a.m. Um, reading his Bible mm. every single day. And I wish I got that trait from him <laughs> because I <laughs> I cannot wake up early to save my life. Oh, but that showed me a lot of how he devoted his life to the Lord. And I, I think the last person I, I thought of was my aunt, who is my dad's sister, my Aunt Tammy. She is also just a spiritual leader. And she she was that before my dad died, and she was that even more so after. Yeah. She has looked out for my sisters and my family just in a, in a way that shows us how, how to just chase after Jesus. Like, she's a person I think knows everything there is to know about the Bible. I'm like, how could she learn more or how could she how could she possibly you know continue to like grow her faith because i feel like it's so big already yeah. and like every day she she chases after the lord and like wants to learn more and prays all the time i get prayers in text messages i get prayers in emails i get prayers and letters from her she is just a good and faithful servant is really what comes to mind when i 
when I think of her and I know that Jesus is just the source of her life and she's able to give that to others. Man, that, wow. What a list, like what a list. And the thing that I think jumped out at me while you were talking is if you asked any of those people that you just mentioned, what kind of impact do you want to make on Meredith in this relationship? Maybe they would say, oh, I want her to know that I love God or that my relationship with Jesus is important. I don't think any of them would have pinpointed specifically what kind of impact they had on you or the lessons that you learned through who they were as people. Like, yes, they want you to know that God is important to them, et cetera, whatever. But you were so very specific about Megan and Jenna and your dad and your aunt and the things that you learned from them and the things that they taught you. And those are lessons that are learned over time by just being around people and seeing who they actually are, not what they're mm-hmm. not just what they're saying. And I think that that's so beautiful and it's challenging to me. Like you were, as you were saying, your dad getting up at 5am, I have two young daughters and I want that to be said of me 20 years from now, when someone's asking them like, who are the people in your life that had a great impact? Like, absolutely. I want to be one of those people that's on the mm-hmm. list And I think about, man, the way that I speak to them, the attitude that I have 24-7 when I'm around them, like those are the things that stick out. It's not just me telling them, you need to love Jesus and God loves you. And it's who I actually am that has that kind of impact and the things that they're going to say, not just about me, but the things that are going to shape who they are. And I think that's super, super challenging. As you went through that list, you talked about some very specific things each of those people taught you. What are... A couple of things, maybe from that list or or other things that you've learned, what are some lessons that you still to this day carry with you? And it's like, man, these are these are so important to who I am and to how I live and to what I do. What are some of those lessons or, or some of that teaching that has been imparted to you along the way? I think some of the things that I have learned along the way that have stuck with me. The biggest thing probably to be examining the things that I hold tightly um, and knowing that those things can be taken away at any moment, you know, whether that is a person, a job, a a talent that you have, uh, anything that you hold onto tightly and you feel like it's a part of you, who you are, just it's so important to understand how you how you live your life and how you kind of define who you are based on the things that you have or the people and just being able to let go of some of those things if they're if they're not healthy for you or if they're not helping you to let go but or maybe just to like loosen the grip yeah. on those things and know that that the lord is your ultimate source of of life i think that's really important and and i'm not sure if i would have known that as well as i do if i hadn't lost my dad so that was something that really stuck out from from that experience Um, but i think any anybody who has lost something that they found themselves in could relate to that another thing that i think about is or what i learned a lot actually probably from from Brazos Fellowship and um, just being part of 242 is I learned a lot about how to fill, make sure that you are filled before you can like pour into others, being able to have Jesus as the source of, of your life so that you can be that for other people that we, I know a lot of people who especially get caught up in people pleasing and or just doing the right thing and being a good person. We can kind of run ourselves into the ground. You're getting personal now. Mm-hmm. Come on now. <laughs> run ourselves into the ground by trying to do all those things and be something for other people. Yeah. But we have to have the Lord. We have to have him, you know, as our as our ultimate source of the person that we that we honor, that we please, that we glorify. Um, he's got to be the source of that before you can pour out, you know, love and grace and mercy onto others. Kind of with that is, I think it's it's really fulfilling to build other people up. We obviously we can't do that unless we are filled ourselves. 
in a way that glorifies God. But it is really, really cool to find strengths in other people and help bring those out, whether they have never seen it before or whether they have insecurities or fears of showing those strengths and what they have to offer the world. And I think the last thing I was thinking of is just life is better with people. And I really learned that from being a part of Brazos Fellowship and 242. It just showed me what community is and what it's like to live life with people and to have people praying for you and challenging you and just being a part of your story. And so it's just really cool to hear everyone who's, you know, on these podcasts talk about their story because nobody gets on here and and just talks about themselves. Uh, You know, they, they talk about the people who have influenced them in their life, the people who have drawn them closer to the Lord. And so I just really think like God is just kind of looking down and just so proud of you guys for, for bringing this out of people, because that is, that is the point is to not ever hide our faith or keep private the things that he has done. Um, he wants us to share it and to help impact others. So thank you guys. I told you I was going to brag on you, but (laughs) don't worry. I'll delete that part. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I think that you just dropped some really big truths and some heavy just bombs Mm -hmm. on things that you've learned. And I wonder what you would say to this. How do you live that out, right? Like Mm -hmm. what are those behind the scenes disciplines to continue to remind you, remind yourself of these truths? What are, what are those things that you put into practice on a daily basis to make sure that you're keeping yourself full? So you have something to offer to make sure you're engaging in community or, or maybe the, the hardest of those lessons to hold things with open hands and hold things loosely, knowing that they're here today and gone tomorrow. Like how do you practically do that in your life? What are some rhythms or some practices that you have engaged with to continue to remind yourself that this is the person I want to be. This is the life I want to live. I think the first thing is starting your day with the Lord, maybe not as early as 5 a.m. That's, <laughs> that is a very hard practice. But, you know, before you pick up your phone, before you get dressed for work or school, that you have that time in the morning. It, you know, it doesn't have to be that you're doing a complete Bible study, you know, in the morning, but making time for prayer and to set your heart right yeah. for the day. To, I know I had taken a yoga class and they talk a lot about setting an intention for your practice. And so that's always just kind of a quote that reminds me of setting an intention for my practice. So, you know, my practice is being a Christian, you know, living Mm, that out. And so what is my intention each day and starting the morning with prayer for who you're going to encounter that day, whether it is, you know, people that you know at work, or people that you're going to see throughout the day, being in prayer for them and for your actions during the day. Uh, So I think it's really important for that to be the foundation, the start of your day, um, is to set that intention. Uh, Another thing I would say is, practically speaking, and it had come from another person, 242, Brandon Farrell. He had gotten me into this from, I guess, whenever I saw him do it the first time, every time we would go out to eat, like as a group, he would always ask the waiter or waitress, like if they needed any prayer Mm. or if they would join us in prayer before we ate. And not just in those circumstances, but if we were out and playing volleyball somewhere or on on a day trip or something like that, he would always seek people out to pray for you know, people he had never even known um, would just walk up to them and say, you know, hey, can I pray for you? Or is there anything you need prayer for in your life? And he really gave me the courage to try that out. And so I would encourage if you've never done that before, just to try it. You might get shot down. Um, <laughs> I've, I've had a few people that are like, no, I'm good. Or no, there's not really anything. Yeah. But I've also had some really cool experiences where you know, someone has said that, that they were really needing that or that um, that I was able to follow up with. 
I remember like a bus driver one time that I, that I rode in grad school. She had needed prayer for her knee. And so we prayed. I don't know if it was okay for her just to stop and hold up the bus for a few minutes, <laughs> but, but no one was on the bus. So I was like, well, this is an opportunity. So I got to just pray over her knee and then followed up with her. I saw her on another route a couple of weeks later and, and she was doing well. And man, just having the, having the courage and the boldness like Brandon had just really encouraged me to try that in my own life. And it's really cool to see the results and, and writing those things down too. I wrote, I would write down like the date and the time and kind of what the circumstances were. That's something that has kind of been transformative just in how I live it out kind of in daily life and who I seek out in certain circumstances. Man, I, I am encouraged and challenged just to hear, I, I think it's so neat to who says neat? Like why, why did I say that? <laughs> you do. Yeah. Um, neat. So I think neat. it's so neat. Uh, whatever the word is, <laughs> I think, I think it's great that sitting here today, you can, and I use this analogy all the time, but you can pull that thread, right. And you can see how all of these things are connected and how God has worked all of these things in your life to bring you to the place that you are today. And so often we cannot see that when we're walking through it, we can't even imagine how we could arrive at any kind of destination or become the type of person that we do and eventually become because we can't see it when it's right in front of us. We, we can't have those full realizations and fully unpack the impact and the power and the revelation that's happening in the moment. Like we, we can't see those things until we get to the other side of them and we're like, wow, that's what God was doing. And it amazes me and challenges me when I hear people so articulate and so thoughtful in what they have seen God do and how they have grown. And it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, if I sat here and somebody asked me these same questions, like, I don't know yeah. that I would be able to articulate in that same way some of those things. And and so it challenges me, like, I don't want to miss those things. I don't mm-hmm. want to miss those moments and the lessons learned. And I don't want to have to walk through those things again to get to the place God was trying to get me in the yeah. first place. And so I think it's so beautiful that you are sitting here. And I'm, I'm not saying that you have always done it perfectly or that you've learned every lesson you were supposed to learn, but it's just encouraging to hear you pull that thread and talk about those things that God has taught you along the way and how it shaped you into the person that you are today. Yeah, Chris, and I hope you don't overlook the fact that you had such an instrumental role in all of this. You know, it kind of, for me, all started by just a young couple inviting all of us Mm -hmm. over to your house just to fellowship and get to know each other. And just some of my best memories are just hanging out at the house or going out and playing volleyball or basketball and just being a part of that and feeling like I had a family there, especially experiencing um, just grief and change and life transitions and just having comfort in that and being able to find a place I could call home and people that were going to stick with me for a lifetime. I'm so grateful for that. And I, my hope is that for all of the people who come through 242, that they know how much they're loved and how this all began um, just for, from a love of college students and a, a desire to um, help them come to know the Lord in their college years. Wow. Thank you for that, for sure. One of my favorite parts of doing this and having these conversations is getting to see how God uses things that, yes, we're, we have good intentions when we walk into a lot of situations, but we don't always know what the payoff is going to be. And so to be able to sit back, you know, in some cases years later and just see how God uses um, the environments that we create or the way we open our life or our home or our heart and how much of an impact it has on other people. It continues to challenge me to make that a habit and to make that a practice and the, to know that it's worth it. Even when so often in the moment, it doesn't feel like it's worth it to know that it has such a huge impact. And I think that that's a challenge to all of us as we engage with our story, as we engage with other people to recognize the power of what is happening as we engage with other people and we can't always see that and we can't always know that. And we can't, we can't even imagine like, again, going back to talking about all of the people that you listed off, I'm guessing that if you asked every single one of those people, they wouldn't say, Oh yeah, this is totally what I was trying to do when I was engaging in conversation (laughs) or relationship with Meredith. Like I wanted, 
I wanted her to learn this lesson. Like that's not how it works. Yeah. It's just that God uses those things and we, we can't see that so often when we're in the midst of it, but it's just so powerful on the back end. It kind of reminds me, I know Chris, you're one of your big quotes from, and I don't know if you still say it, but so what? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Chris would always ask us, you know, we would be talking about something and Chris is like, all right, so what? And a lot of times we would get a little bit annoyed. Like we just told you what. Stop asking. But Chris, you so much challenged us, you know, what is the big picture? And you were talking about not seeing the fruit until years later. And, you know, maybe we don't see it at all. Maybe we see it, you know, in eternity and when we get to heaven and, you know, so what? So do we still do it? You know, do we still live out our faith? Do we still do the right things? Do we still chase after Jesus and, and build, you know, his kingdom here? Absolutely. Because what we're going to see is beyond what we can comprehend right now, but something that will ultimately bring glory to the Lord in the end. Yeah. So, so what? Yeah. So what? I'm not going to ask you that question today. Please Um, don't. I'm not ready. I don't have an answer. (laughs) Uh, So good. And this has been so encouraging and uh, beyond just the opportunity to catch up and to laugh and to um, take a walk down memory lane and see what God has done. It's just so encouraging to hear your story and how God, uh, you know, you, I promise you don't give yourself enough credit for how God uses you. And and it's crazy and you're going to get mad at me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I can remember in literally like three years in a row. So we have Meredith was a part of very much a part of the a Bible study that was happening in our living room prior to us officially launching the college ministry, such an integral part and such a connector. There were so many people that were a part of the ministry because of Meredith and because of you being intentional and connecting with people and bringing them in and doing really what Christy did to you and asking you to come and you did that for so many other people. And so you graduate and you move on. And three years in a row, I am sitting here at what we would do. We would have this leadership retreat for our incoming small group leaders and leadership team with the college ministry. And we would be sitting on a Friday night at this leadership retreat. And and I, I like to ask this question, like, why are you here? Like, I think it's so important for us to know how we got to where we are so that we can remember why it's important moving forward. And so I would ask this question, like, why are you here? Why are you a part of this ministry? What has God done in your life? And how is that going to spur you on to what God wants to do in the next year? And I would go around the circle for three years. You're gone. You're not even here. You're not a part of the ministry anymore. Like three years in a row. It's like, oh, I'm here because of Meredith. Oh, I'm here because Duff like invited me. Oh, I'm here because of what God did as she led my small group or she invested in me and discipled me and mentored me. And I wouldn't be sitting in the circle if it wasn't for Duff over and over and over and over. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like such an impact. And I know because I had conversations with you that you didn't realize in the moment, what God was doing and how he was using you and the, the ripple effect and the legacy that you were leaving, not just in this ministry, but in these people's lives and how God was using Mm -hmm. you and your personality and the lessons that you learned to have such a huge impact. And I know Emmy would say that that was true for her. I can back that. I was one of those people that would say it every year. I still use you as a reference (laughs) of one of those people. Emmy, you're one of my favorite people (laughs) in the whole world. Always have been, always will be. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You guys are so kind. Well, no one knows how to take those kinds of I know, right? It's like, we're all like, okay. Awkward silence. (laughs) But that, you know, that really is, it's the perfect end of this conversation because that is why we do this. Mm -hmm. That is why we're sitting here having this conversation, why we are continually bringing people on and sharing their story is yes, your story is amazing. Your story matters. And and I'm so glad that you came on today, Duff, to share your story. And it's going to touch people, no doubt. But the bigger picture is everybody's story matters. Every interaction, every conversation, you are leaving a mark. You are, are engaging with people and connecting with them. And those moments, I promise you that that bus driver told that story to someone else. Yeah. Like God Mm -hmm. used that to encourage her. God used that to make an impact in her life. And 20 years from now, she may not tell that story, but she told that story to Mm -hmm. somebody. And it's those little micro moments that we don't recognize that God's using us or using the people around us to write this 
beautiful story and our story matters. That's why we do this because we want you, the listener, to know that you have a story worth sharing. And and when you do that, when you open up, it creates that environment and, and it creates the ripple effect that we've been talking about all day on this episode, that us opening up and sharing our story, sharing our life, inviting people in, that's when we really begin to see God. Yeah. Yes, listeners, you are loved. You are being prayed for. Uh, we want to know who you are and we want your story to be shared too. So go out and do it and know that you have three people at least who want to hear it and yeah. want to encourage you to to be who you are and to show the world the side of God that that nobody else gets to except you. Well, Duff, thank you so much for being our guest and number one fan. We really love getting to just talk to you and catch up about life. It's it's been a it's been a real good time for us. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love y'all more than you will ever know. Um, and so grateful to be a part of your lives and part of two forty two. Man, yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast and thank you, listener, for joining in with us today. Thank you for taking the time to to sit down or if you're on a run or you're in the grocery store or you're walking to class someday in the future. Um, we're, we're glad that you went with us on this journey today. We want to encourage you. You have a story worth sharing. And we would love it if you would hit subscribe. However you're listening to this podcast, go ahead, give, it, give that subscribe button a little hit, a little bump, a little tap, whatever it takes to make sure that these episodes keep showing up on your phone, on Spotify or Google Play or Apple. And we would love it if you would also leave us a rating. That helps other people find this podcast, and we believe that they're going to be encouraged as they hear these stories. So distinguished co-host Emmy, thanks for another episode. It's been fun. Glad to be here always. Yeah. So we will see you next time on the Story Worth Sharing podcast. (laughs) 